Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson. I'm the founder of Stack, the subscription club that delivers a different independent magazine to your door every month. This week, I'm speaking with Vasuda Naranyan and Tarini Seti, two of the editors from The Irregular Times, which bills itself as India's first art and design newspaper. I met them at Indicon a couple of weeks ago. They had their stall just next to ours, and I wanted to make sure that I recorded a conversation with them to capture a sense of the energy and enthusiasm they have for their projects. We waited right until the fair had closed at the end of the day on the Saturday, then went off to a peaceful little garden overlooking the old industrial docks in Hamburg and sat down to speak about their newspaper. As you'll hear, I see it as more of a magazine than a newspaper, but by the end of the conversation, after they literally shouted at me a couple of times, uh, I managed to get the terminology straight in my head. Whatever it is, though, I love the fact that this thing grew out of the adversity of the pandemic and they're doing a brilliant job of creating a platform for people of colour across India and beyond. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Vasuda and Tarini from The Irregular Times. I'm here uh, sitting by a beautiful bit of water in Hamburg uh, with Vasuda Naranyan and Tarini Seti. Nice to see nice. you both. Yeah, you too. So nice to see you and so nice to be sitting at this like serene little spot. Yeah, yeah it's we're, really beautiful. We, we, we all have beer in our hands. We've all we done do. a hard day of selling magazines. Yes. And so now we're going to finish off with talking about magazines. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, what is The Irregular Times? Uh, the Irregular Times is um, our way of bringing back the newspapers that we used to have when we were younger. It's an art and design newspaper that tries to be as interactive as possible um, and tries to give a platform to people of color from across the globe. Um, it also the reason why we call it an art and design newspaper is that because we're trying to balance out the art and design and put a focus on both. And um, it also definitely focuses on every kind of art possible. And when I say that, I mean, it's not just the art that you think of normally, like painting and sculpture and this and that, but it's writing and food and poetry and um, and comics yeah, and sculptures and yeah, DIY, DIY, the art of DIY and also making sure that um, art is the, the newspaper. We're trying as much as possible to make it as egalitarian as possible. So it's for everybody and not just for artists, because every time we see an art newspaper, it's it's always very specifically for a kind of person. And we want to make sure that non-artists understand it, can read it, can learn something for it, can interact with it. So we always tell people that when you actually get the newspaper, feel free to cut it up, feel free to put it on the wall, feel free to make it your own as much as possible. So that's what the newspaper is. Yeah. yeah. You, you started out by, uh, by talking about this is like the papers that we had when we were growing up. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it, is that because those papers don't really exist anymore or is it more there's like a kind of nostalgic sense to it? I think it's definitely the nostalgia sense and also I think they don't exist as much anymore. The interactive part of it where we where at times we didn't have the phone anymore um, where it was, you know, a call and response where people would send in their questions and wait eagerly 
for the answers that's what i mean by it where people would cut up recipes and put it into their little recipe book and that's exactly what the newspaper is we have all those things people actually send in their questions and we have someone uh, responding to them they ask their sex questions relationship questions mental health questions and we actually have someone answering them we have recipes from different parts of india that we know people actually do like try and sometimes cut up and put in their little books so that's the kind of we wanted to be something number one that people eagerly wait for of course but we also wanted to be that for that one hour two hours whatever they forget about their phones because they don't need it that's nice yeah and and so whereabouts are you doing this clearly in india but mm-hmm. whereabouts in india so we are a very diverse team we are from all over the country uh, our team is entirely remote so some of us are in bangalore she and her partner anand who started the irregulars alliance are in delhi so part of the team is in dehradun hyderabad bombay so we're all over Everywhere. and it's kind of amazing if i may say so that we produce a print publication while working entirely remotely um it hasn't so far been a challenge for us we've somehow been able to make it work for us um so yeah it's been quite a incredible yeah four issues so far and and how did you come together is this like a creative agency or something that's also making a magazine so basically the way we started was we actually started as an art fair and it was called the irregulars art fair and it was like this the india's anti art fair that used to happen at the same time as the art fair and um we used to call it the irregulars art fair um then covid hit and that wasn't possible anymore but the whole point of it was that it was for artists that weren't represented by galleries and it was completely open call based and it was kind of huge for that time when it happened and then this was kind of our way to still do exactly what we were doing there but in a different way while sitting at home not meeting anybody um yeah there was another us- question i forgot Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean with the newspaper it gave us the opportunity to um you know when you walk into an exhibition it's very curated there is a specific context or a, there's a place making that happens within the the sense of an institution and with the newspaper we got to do that because obviously each issue has a specific theme but it also allowed us to break from it in a in a new and interesting way um one of the things that we always talk about is the objective of the newspaper and one of the man- it's part of our manifesto is to sort of take away the self seriousness that runs in the art world so how do we create a publication that is accessible that is engaging that is you know not loaded with jargon that is that makes it really not accessible to a larger audience and when i say when she says lot larger audience i think she also means a lot of artists because i we're both artists and for me when i go to exhibitions i make it a point not to read the artist statement because it is absolute nonsense it makes it has nothing to do with the art and i always look at the art first and then i go and read the artist and become just like what is this what are these words it's it's ridiculous and that's yeah. why we wanted to make sure we used like plain language that that's the way art should be described and then going back to your second question we are not really an agency but or a collective but um my partner who I started it with runs a design studio and so when we are actually doing the newspaper and building each issue his design team then comes uh, and does the design part of it so we all work together mm-hmm. once um we have to once yeah. the whole thing starts coming together i mean it's a pretty tight ship because the agency is not very big yeah it's a teeny it's a really agency. tiny creative studio and when we finish with the editorial process we try to get his designers on board so it's almost like what happened with issue 4 at least we had to 
you know, take designers off of some, you know, money-making projects so that they could work on the uh, newspaper, try to finish it within a specific timeline so they could go back. So it's really, yeah, yeah we, we do it because it's a labor of love, not because uh, of we have a lot of money. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, that's the objective really. Yeah. And the thing is that the art, the designers really want to work on it. So yeah. he gives the people on his team because that's also kind of rotating. Every year it's a different team. Sometimes, sometimes they're like, there's, you know, a solid team. But he asks them who what do you want to work on and some people are like oh we just want to do advertising for your studio and they're like oh whenever you're working on the newspaper we want part of it mm-hmm. and so it's not the whole team that worked with us but when it comes time to work with us they're like we will do everything but please <laughs> let us also spend half our time on the newspaper so it's a fun way to also get them outside this like corporate design world and like be able to just work on something fun of course of yeah course. Yeah, also just to quickly add to that, one of the advantages also for the designers is, for example, we have a lot of kids and students who are still in college who work with us. And so it gives them a sense of possibility in terms of how to actually make something in, you know, in print um, outside of the systematic sort of dogmatic education you get and and outside of the industry that is money making so it is this really sweet spot that um, has actually been really beneficial for a lot of the designers because they have been able to create things that they wouldn't have normally been able to do in either of these spaces and we also actually it's funny because recently they all went and did a talk at a design studio design school in in India somewhere and a lot of them had just graduated from design school and I had never heard them talk about these things but like someone had asked them what do you like doing why do you like doing like working at the newspaper and they said the one thing I really like is that outside because it's so different from what we learn as designers we get to go crazy and disrupt as yeah. opposed to like as I said stay within those boxes like you know like the kerning and the this and the that like we <laughs> literally what we're told is go crazy and then edit we want because we always yeah. tell them we want you to like think out completely outside the box and just go wild first and then every time they come with a new thing we're like no wilder (laughs) and so even for them it's like in the beginning it's challenging because it's just so against what they've learned and then they're like okay this I would never have done this but I love it you know yeah and and isn't that all well not always isn't that often the value of an independent magazine is that you just get to play and do the thing you want to do Mm -hmm. so well sorry okay I notice I keep calling this magazine. You keep news saying news newspaper. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> so so let's talk about that then. So it's large format. Mm-hmm. It's big. It's a tabloid. It's tabloid. Yeah. Um, it's actually a little bit bigger than a tabloid. Yeah, little slightly, bit bigger. slightly just bigger. Okay. A few millimeters. Yeah. <laughs> but still, it's a little bit bigger than a tabloid. Okay, we're, we're gonna go with tabloid. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, done, done. The cover is uh, a big illustration. So the mm. so I guess that might be why I'm not calling it a newspaper because mm. the, it doesn't look like a newspaper yeah. from so, the yeah, outside. Yeah. So yeah. so t- tell us about the illustration. Like, how do you choose the people you work with and, and what you're looking for? That's a great question. So we actually do a mix of two things. One is there are artists and designers and writers that we wanted to work with for a long time and we get in touch with them. We go with recommendations and we always make sure that in every issue we also have a few open calls so that people who just want a platform and also have heard about us can um, have that space to apply and show their work. So it's a mix of all those things and also we tell everyone constantly that we have our email address we, we don't know when our next issue is coming out, but maybe not working on it right now, but email us with your work because we go through emails 
consistently with portfolios with artists with with just like you know writers send in their their stories their whatever so it's and then also chefs chefs send in their recipes and their photos and we're just like okay this is amazing and so it's all those things mixed in one i would yeah. say yeah i mean so to answer your question about the cover um the thing that we really like about many of the art and design magazines and things that we've looked at in the past is having a really striking artwork that represents what you might find in the in the newspaper um but also allows for the cover to speak for what that news what that specific issue stands for which is why unlike a newspaper format where you have many sort of sections uh you know giving you a lot of information we like to keep that inside the spreads uh our newspapers between 48 to 52 pages uh so it's a lot to go through it's a long time you can sit with and spend time in the paper and yeah the objective is really to sort of showcase artists and their practices as much as we can um and the cover allows us to do that um as a sort of large piece in itself yes. yeah. i think i think also most newspapers basically have the headlines on the first page and that this is kind of like our headlines it yeah. says what like the 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 gist of it it gives us it gives you the theme it tells you exactly what the newspaper is and what you'll find inside and it has one really large are. artwork and that's all that's yeah. needed really it's the same thing as if you think of an uh, a news newspaper it tells you exactly what you're going to find inside continued on page <laughs> 54 and it's similar in that sense but we want the that to be a little surprise like yeah. we want you to open it and be like okay and also on the flip side we want you to be able to kind of frame the cover mm-hmm. and hang the cover and maybe cut it up and take if you want to take the irregular times on top out and just have that artwork go for it yeah so you're very big on people cutting your magazine up. yeah because <laughs> i i feel like the thing is that people always find things so precious but at the same time with newspapers the idea of a physical newspaper is actually not so precious we cover our books with it yeah. we yeah. use it for we cover our we cover food with it and carry it around and that's what the newspaper is supposed to be we use it to fry things yeah. and so even though it's a we call it a collector's item we say that because there are so many things in there that you can keep going back to but you can still cut out things you can still use it don't think it's so precious and you need gloves to use it uh, like it can still go back in the book bookshelf with like three pages less that's fine yeah. Yeah. you know and, and so all of this is arranged around themes yeah. so yeah. tell us first of all i guess what are those themes and how do you arrive at them uh should i start with the first two sure okay so uh issue 1 was basically about the pandemic and being stuck indoors it was called please wait for the host to start this meeting <laughs> and it was because issue 1 was literally it started while we were in the pandemic and like in the major lockdown time where we weren't allowed out at all and um I think at that time everyone was just like you know really starved of like exhibitions anything creative outside of TV and even TV there were there was nothing new coming because we were I think everyone I can say from in the world was going a little mad and also just starved of tactility tactility exactly you know I you think you're just places. always looking at art on your screens because you can't go to the museum so what does it mean for you to receive something where everything you see is different and new yeah. um and I think that was the right time really for exactly. us to put the newspaper out there because it allowed for something that people were starved for yeah. Yeah. and it was kind of it was wild because i mean the actual physical process of producing it was so different than the 3 4 2 3 4 because we had an option of one paper that we couldn't even touch they were like they when they called us on the phone they were like this is what it is and they were like cool man like we literally don't have any other option let's just pray it looks good and that was it and and the fact that like once it actually got printed and sent to people 
we also we 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 were just sending it from my home, my sister's bedroom next door mm-hmm. but the fact that still during lockdown people were receiving things mm. that they could touch they mm. could feel they were mm. showing it to people we could yeah. see them interacting with their families because that was the time when we were interacting with our families the oh, most the time, yeah. and that was a time we also saw people of every age interacting with the newspapers so much mm. that yeah. it was a very different experience bringing out issue 1 issue 2 was i think it, it made very it made sense to be the second issue because it was about utopias and i think that was another thing we were thinking about so much being stuck in the now of this like strange pandemic we were thinking about this idea of future the whole worlds world was in a crisis exactly it was know? such a strange time to be yeah. like to exist yeah. and i think because of that we were thinking of just like everything that could exist and yeah. everything that could be and these different worlds that could be and different futures um and that's what issue 2 is really about i think you know every issue has been an experiment yeah. honestly because i think that's what in like um independent publishing really is you're experimenting you're playing around so issue 1 was the major experiment where we were like we don't even know if there's going to be an issue 2 this is just a fun thing we're doing and issue 2 we were like oh man we're actually doing an issue 2 that's why <laughs> and then i think she can tell you about 3 and 4 yeah so issue 3 we explored uh women led narratives the idea was to center art and artworks by women and women identifying artists writers uh practitioners uh, across the spectrum um and we really wanted to create something that was entirely representative of the power of women yeah, the you gals. know the gals exactly <laughs> like it's it's incredible that cuz most often i mean i'm sure you're familiar with it as well that museums don't really collect uh works by women it's significantly the least uh compared to the male the white male and so on and so forth so in that sense it was really incredible that you know this is one of our most loved um issues it's also got a sexy cover yeah. by uh an artist from new york uh, anna benaroya um and yeah it was yeah it was just a really fun newspaper to work on and um and with issue 4 which is my favorite <laughs> which just came out which like 2 months out. ago yeah yeah um it's called tongue tied and it explores language aco- across the spectrum so we're looking at language from obviously a linguistic and a semantic perspective but also through the language of things and how things are made um uh, the language of what can and cannot be communicated um using l- the language of the digital so ai through a game of snakes and ladders to teach people the pros and cons of it so these are the different ways and also of course i want to say that in the fourth issue we've also had a column uh, on indian sign language so we collaborated with a team um that created a story around a very young girl who uh, plays a game of badminton uh, and we teach people how to sign in indian sign language right. so these are the different ways in which we've tried to make these themes accessible and also new forms of content um in the newspaper and i think it's funny because after issue 1 we we would get so many emails of like beautiful art and we would all look at each other being like oh my god this would work so well for an issue we do at some point and so every issue we'd be like oh thank god we can finally show that person's work yeah. and so like with the women's issue there were so many artists that we had received emails from or spoken to that we had we could finally actually like Yeah. And Put in, in fact when we started out with issue 1 we created this master document. Yeah. It was yeah. called the Turt Master Doc <laughs> where we found literally people from all over the world. It was actually world. called Turt everything and all in caps. Yeah. And we still have that. We still have it. Yeah. It was just like, you know, manifesting <laughs> and yeah. like moonshot of everyone we could ever want. Yeah. And then we just keep adding to it. Mhm. 
And so the so you're making these magazines, mm. but uh, newspapers. newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's you're making these newspapers, yeah. but who are you making them for, and where are your readers? The so I mean, my, I guess my first assumption on first seeing the newspaper yeah. was that this was for uh, an audience uh, in India, an Indian mm. reader. I think mm. like the strapline is something like. Uh, India's first art and design newspaper. That's right, yeah. But then I started to think maybe it goes beyond that. So where, be where, where are they? Honestly, great question. Everywhere. I, I want to say everywhere because it literally, and I know that it's an extreme thing to say, but I really think that it's for everyone because yes, of course, we have a few articles in every newspaper that are very India focused like you know when it comes to like Indic fonts and focusing on different artists within the Indian landscape but I think even those articles are so um, worldwide in a sense mm -hmm. and they're not really for just Indians so I think everyone and also every age because I've seen people interact with it from every age and every single thing that we've done in each issue like I am just I'm, I can tell you that I am not a designer and I I know nothing about design. Like I use Photoshop to crop and to brighten, and that's literally it. And even the design issue, the design uh, columns. I I understand design. I know what kerning means now. And I think you know what I mean. I just yeah. feel like there's so many things that I would never know about without these articles. And I think I could say that for so many different people who wouldn't want to like stray into that part because we have so many different kinds of things, yeah. and in such plain but fun and interactive language that if it's something super complicated like AI which again I have no idea about we're going to put it into a game so you really mm. understand mm. it mm. so it's all these th uh, sign language which why would we ever need to learn unless we had to speak to someone in sign we put it into a graphic novel slash comic mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I would say it's for everyone and everyone in the world and every age but do you have anything else? No I mean I feel like I agree with what you're saying I also feel like it's by by centering um you know indian sub the, within the subcontinent and the diaspora as the the lead sort of narrative in a lot of our issues we really want to create a space where people know what's happening in the subcontinent yeah. you know i feel like as artists ourselves the the dominant narrative is usually that of the west and um it's incredible to be able to see what people are doing within these spaces that already don't exist. So what happens when you don't, when you can create space for yourself, yeah. essentially. Mm -hmm. So like Tarani was saying, we do have, in the first two issues, we didn't do anything specific to type and typeface design. But in, you know, issue three and four, it is, it occupies a huge space. We have an interview with, in issue three with Kimya Gandhi, um, who runs her own type foundry in Berlin and India. Uh, in issue four, we spoke with Kalapi Gajar, who runs his own you know type foundry specific but yeah. also he's Indian as well yeah so essentially mm, yeah. creating spaces for these types of uh, narratives to exist and also making them accessible because we live in a very siloed world um, and we're encouraged to live like that you know so how can artists learn about type and how can type artists uh, interact with photographs mm. and yeah. how can photographers interact with uh, making yeah recipes yeah. whatever you know so it, the idea is to create this sort of open playing field for everyone to engage with it um, and of course because we're India based uh, a lot of the, our buyers are in India but that and but we also obviously have we ship our work across the world um, buy it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah we really hope that people 
come back to it and discover these different artists and their practices and um and why they're so important and relevant like in issue 4 we i got to interview this artist her name is bharti lalwani she creates soaps perfumes and incense sticks uh inspired by 17th and 18th century mughal miniature paintings i've never heard of anyone do something like that you know so i feel like these types of narratives need to take the center of stage mm-hmm. and we're able to create that platform yeah. to make that happen so i think just because we are focusing on so many south asian creatives and people of color doesn't mean that it's just for them yeah. i think it's basically giving them a platform for the world yeah. so that the world knows who they are and what they're doing and what incredible work is coming out of all these different regions i mean if we from india know who marcel duchamp is i mean the rest <laughs> of the world know? can know who exactly, we are exactly because so. honestly like in our art history we were learning more about the west than our own country yeah, and that makes me so mad because there are so many fantastic creatives and just amazing things coming out of like the south asian mm-hmm. region yeah. that it has to be talked about yeah. and it's not that we're saying that we're not going to be talking about the west but i'm saying that why is the west not reading about us and yeah. knowing and understanding about us and learning about us as their art history totally yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well and, th- and it struck me as well that because you set this context mm-hmm. of uh, a newspaper yeah. which is being made predominantly by people in india mm-hmm. from india and about people from all over the world mm-hmm. so that there's a, a story in your women issue uh which uh is about the afghan artist mm-hmm. zuhara uh, hilal yeah. zuhara hilal yeah and she um says in the interview that she talks about um being portrayed as like an exotic artist mm-hmm. in white dominated spaces now yeah. look that's not the first time i've heard that that they you know they yeah. like we've experienced that a lot of times but 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 so but for me as someone in 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 britain a, a white man in britain mm-hmm. so i've read about that before mm-hmm. but it 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 hit different mm-hmm. coming in your newspaper because i felt like the assumed reader was not a white person. The, so so I was kind yeah. of like almost listening in on this conversation mm-hmm. and yeah. it yeah it just felt different. Yeah. Yeah. I think the beauty in what you've just said is that the conversation is between two people of color. Like as an Indian woman, I got to speak with someone who's also a person of color about their practice and it isn't about their identity taking center stage in the work, but it is about their work and what sh- you know what shapes their work, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think like she said because it's a conversation be- between two people of color and you're reading it as an outsider as opposed to you hearing it from me or her you're also hearing it differently and that's mm-hmm. what's so great because she is being as vulnerable as possible and also what's amazing is that all these artists we go to them and we're like hey man we want to feature xyz pieces of yours and they're like hey you know honestly i don't want to show this 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 because I've spoken about it a lot and people don't really understand it. I want to actually talk about this thing that I haven't been talking about ever because yeah. no one wants to feature it. And we're like, actually that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Because I think there are so many works especially for artists who don't live in India or in their own country where like like you said because she's an exotic artist, they want to only show her specific pieces that talk about where she's from and like what what her skin color is and the thing is we've experienced it because like whenever i as an artist email galleries outside of india saying hey man like i want to show my work they're like oh how lovely but it doesn't seem like you really talk about india and i'm like which american <laughs> artist talks about the the flag, the american flag and you know like guns and whatever the hell they do in america you know what i mean all i'm saying is why do we then have to talk about Yeah. Religion and India because I remember when I went to university in New York I had this teacher who 
kept failing me because every time I would make something fantastic, by the way, she would come to me and she's like, oh, but I don't see any cows. She would keep saying oh it. Gosh. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And then once I, I printed, I did a woodcut and she's like, you shouldn't have used ink. You should have used cow dung. Oh my god. I swear to god. And I would have been, I was so furious, but I really wanted to pass. And I made this one scroll of just naked gods. And she gave me an A. And I was like, you know what? Take it, shove it, shove it up your bum. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, I mean I agree. I feel yeah. like there is this desire to sort of um place someone's identity before you can allow them or their work to speak for themselves and I feel like with the newspaper we try to allow that to happen a bit more yeah. mm-hmm. um, for example in issue one we interviewed uh, Chirag Bhakta who's a dear friend of mine he goes by Pardon My Hindi and his work sort of explores how the West co-ops in Indian culture like especially around uh, the fetishization of yoga. So that is a huge narrative that he explores in his work and also the institutional critique of it because it was exhibited at the Asian Art Museum in San Francisco and they did exactly this. They yeah. wanted him to fit a specific box, which mm. he refused to do. Mm, mm. So we try to gr- give these types of narratives a space because the general sort of perspective, especially as artists ourselves, is okay, we want our work to be more visible, yes. Uh, but that doesn't mean a museum or a gallery can take over our practice and create a you know nicely packaged box that serves their purpose. Yeah. Our work is still our work and it cannot be commoditized to the needs of what a global market sort of, you know, wants to see. I mean, we also make work that's dis- you know disconcerting, something that's uncomfortable, something that is confrontational and all of that is part of our realities and I think that is really important for people to sit with and we hope that we're doing that through each of these issues uh, by yeah, making that space for these artists. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm so pleased that you are making it happen uh, <laughs> and please keep sending me more things that make me see things in a different light. It's yeah, much appreciated. Oh my God, if you want that, we'll, just, we'll send you stuff every day. Just, <laughs> we'll just send just you our work. Take it back, take it back right now. Yeah, yeah but could you do cows? <laughs> uh, yeah, as long as you want cows and gods, uh, you'll get something all the time. Yeah, right. it's crazy because even when I had a studio visit, there was a guy who walked into my studio who explained my work to me for 40 minutes. And I was amazed at the confidence. And ever since then, we always tell each other, have the confidence of a white man, you know, yeah. when you make your yep. work and yep. show your work. Yep. So that's kind of how we yeah. try to move through the world. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you so much. Okay, that's all for this week. I'd like to say thanks again to Vasuda and Tarini for taking the time to stop and talk with me and for being such lovely neighbours over the few days we were in Dicom. If you heard last week's episode with Solomir, you'll know that we're still running our podcast discount code and I just checked and I can reveal that it has been used a total of 25 times, which is ridiculous. I mean, I know probably not that many people actually listen all the way to the end of these episodes, but even allowing for that, we should have had way more than 25 people using the code by now. So... I'm starting a new rule. If you use the code PODCAST when you subscribe, you'll save 10% off our normal prices and I'll personally thank you for joining the club at the end of next week's episode. So go to stackmagazines.com and subscribe using the code PODCAST and you'll save 10% off our surprise magazine delivery and I'll thank you by name or you can email me and ask me to say something else instead. 
uh, within reason. Uh, I'm hoping that next week's episode will feature our other neighbour from Indicon, the dense and brilliant Tay magazine. So fingers crossed for that. Thank you very much for listening to this one and I'll be back with a new episode next week.